Hello, I'm Jack Badams. And I'm Roddy Shaw. And if you're looking for a nature podcast that takes expensive electronics to humid conditions, then we are the natural selection. This is How Many Geese. On a mission to Mexico. He just came past me barefoot, going, help me, help me. The ants have taken my flip-flops. Australia takes orchards and shovels a load of dead fish carcasses in it. But all mutant starfish grow up to be beautiful flying friends. It's just licking away at my sweat. The butterflies here must love it when white people come to the jungle. (laughs) (laughs) So we're about halfway through now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're learning why people don't make podcasts in the jungle. (laughs) We've just gone to change the batteries in the recorder. Opened it up. Humidity's getting to it. It's literally crumbling from the inside. Like it's corroding. So whatever gets released gets released yeah from this point on it's a wing and a prayer like we ju- we're gonna whack some silica gel in it and just see what happens pray to the mayan god of dry yeah who i have to say is having a cracking time <laughs> yeah. at the moment the mayan god of dry this kit isn't made to be in what it never really gets lower than 25 even at night does it and it's always humid and 25 is a low night temperature i think yeah and it's yeah there's no you you just don't see air conditioning for as long as you're out here and the one thing i hadn't thought about tupperware is whilst on the one hand it keeps outside wet out what it also does is just trap all of the equipment inside with a load of humid air yeah so that's exciting for us all isn't it so we're all learning we're playing as we go roulette (laughs) with everything yeah with some rather expensive kit but yeah just to give you an insight on um the lengths that how many geese is going... Oh, look, there's a lizard over there. Oh, it's just crossed the path. Sorry, you missed it. Yeah, I was more focused on the raindrops, which are starting to fall as we're talking about trying to keep equipment dry. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle, listener. <laughs> Let's see what's next. We're here on the front lines. Yeah, as the thunder rolls in. With Private Jamie Hartup. <laughs> who's been at war with the ants on the Eastern Front. I- I'd yeah. say we've come to a peace treaty now, to be honest. I think it's ground us all down. <laughs> I say it's ground us. It's ground me all down. Um, can you give us? Can you give us a sort of timeline of events mm, of what happened? Honestly, the days of genuinely all burned into one. Um, but yeah, for context, I was up. I was really excited um, that ants were here because I think it's really cool, and they got like a highway, and you can see the highways in the daytime, um, and that was fine so long as the highway didn't go past my tent. <laughs> and I didn't mind like tiptoeing through them in the shower or sort of tiptoeing over them to get my shower water. But it was when I came back to my tent and saw this line going past my tent, I thought, oh, that's fine. They're just exploring. And I saw one going past the front, like the little doorway of my tent. I thought, it's just exploring. <laughs> and, and then I came back to my tent and they were clearing a little path. And I thought, that's a problem. <laughs> um, and then... I can't really remember when it became a war, but I started putting up defences. So, so how did you try and stop the invasion? Yeah. What was your plan of attack? So, plan of defence. I'd been yeah. I'd been told that well, and I'd also think I'd read that lots of ant communication is pheromone based. So I thought, and Kathy had said they really don't like fabulosa, which is sort of our, I don't know, radioactive plutonium green <laughs> washing up liquid. Um, and I figured it's a nuclear war. Yeah. So basically wash away the smells and they didn't seem to come near the fabulosa so I, I splashed that around the tent and I put a little bit of bleach along the edges as well <laughs> making sure not to mix them because 
I don't know. I, I, you've seen the TikToks of people mixing bleach and cleaning products. I don't know if it makes something bad, but I don't want to find out next to my tent. It's Agent Orange. Mustard yeah. gas. Yeah. yeah. And I figured, you know, let's not start the war off with a war crime. <laughs> um, Let not the first drop of blood. Yeah. We don't need the Geneva Convention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think it sort, of, it sort of worked. And then I thought, okay, well, if they're coming into camp they're going to keep coming into camp so i've got to destroy the pathway into camp in the daytime when they're not on it so i i brushed it up with a broom and i put like a line of fabulous around the top so hopefully that they direct themselves towards the showers yeah. or towards the toilets which was already like a no-go area like yeah. you run through that and that's fine i'd accepted that, that we, we'd, we'd lost that yeah no, that, that, that was that was ant land and as far as i concerned crossing the camp it was going to get someone else's tent other than mine sooner or later and they were starting to cut the corner under my tent as well so i could hear them oh god this, this is about when people started describing it as an obsession um i don't really know um how long have you been fighting the ants? Can uh, you give us any? Three days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when I described it in, I think you might have taken a photo of the, the letter yeah. I sent to another camp describing ant war and the loss of the ant war <laughs> and the now sort of un, uneven, well, uneven, uneasy piece of the ant war. Um, it was over three days, but realistically two and a half. <laughs> um, it's just, yeah, so anyway, I, I, swept, I swept up the, the road one I put a bit of fabulosa down I put topped up my fabulosa around my tent yeah. I did a little bleach line next to the kitchen as well mm-hmm. um, and this is all when the ants weren't there because I was like at this point they just get angry if you put anything near them yeah. and that feels like a bad idea um, and also they're just doing their thing so I was clearing the path and I thought okay this is great and so we came out and the ants what the fabulosa had done <laughs> was rather than so it hadn't destroyed their road it, they just made a bigger road <laughs> and so rather than all being concentrated in one really angry place they were spread out over one really angry place <laughs> and I think that was also the night that for whatever reason all of the soldiers came out and mm. so for there's we'd seen kind of like two types of leafcutter ant like a worker ant and like a little enforcer soldier which is a bit bitier but would still like if you got pheromoned they would chase you with your shower bucket away from the shower tap yeah but this was the night of the major soldiers yeah which the heavy artillery so much bigger and so much faster (laughs) and chased you for meters um and yeah and they they actually drew blood were they the ones that sunk into the flip-flop yeah was that these are the ones that joe um he I, he just came past me barefoot hopping going help me help me um, <laughs> the ants have taken my flip flops <laughs> and so me being a responsible member of staff went to go retrieve the flip flops saw that they were covered in these like I don't, I don't know how big they are like an inch long yeah they're big and they, they were literally swarming them and they were like you could see they dug the heads in and so being a sensible person I climbed the toilet steps and yelled for B to come rescue me and B came in her big stomping sandals B the camp manager yeah camp manager B our general in the war yeah <laughs> and evacuated the flip flops and then I ran after her um, and yeah got bitten on the way and they like genuinely drew blood like Joe was bleeding as well and Joe's flip flops were just 
had like five yeah. and they were stuck kind of up to their faces in the rubber they'd got their jaws properly in there yeah so apparently these used to be used to seal wounds and you can sort of see why and now they cause wounds yeah <laughs> um and i think that's sort of the point where i gave up on ant war to be honest i, I figured it wasn't worth poking that very large and probably meters deep nest yeah yeah I feel like the ants are probably only at like level three. Yeah. Yeah. In their in their war efforts. Yeah. So where do you think we're at now? Do you do you think ultimately the camp will fall and we'll have to brick it up and leave it to the ants? I think the name Hormigero might be a giveaway. What does it mean? I think it means ant nest. Yeah. <laughs> um, we probably should have seen this coming. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think it's only a matter of time. And apparently, there is nothing you can do about them really either. <laughs> Um, so when you say uneasy peace and then later say things like it's only a matter of time well, I mean <laughs> yeah I, I fabulosed my doorstep yesterday it was fine and it rained lots last night mm. so they weren't out and about so it's sort of a truce okay um, I've not seen them in camp since the war <laughs> but the war basically it's almost like um, the Christmas in World War One. You know, sort of the weather came in. Yeah, stalled. We, we played football. Yeah, right. And speaking of the weather, I can hear it rolling in now. Yeah. So we might draw this to a close on Ant War and pick up later. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank, Jamie. Thank you very much. Thank you. We're back, and this time at night, mm. to pick up some of the jungle sounds, and we are joined by none other than Holly. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Holly. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Thank you. We're surrounded by the creatures that you would call your friends. <laughs> <laughs> Is the right way of putting it? Because you are, what's your job on the uh, expedition? I am the entomologist, and uh, I work specifically specifically with butterflies yeah i should clarify there are actually no butterflies making noises no. so you know i was talking more broadly entomology <laughs> yeah. um but yeah so you're the entomology so your focus is insects and like you say specifically butterflies yeah how long have you been here uh so far this is my fourth week and you're here until the end another of four weeks yeah, yeah so it's a pretty big stint yeah i want to go with what's been the biggest talking point on camp that holly has got to the bottom of Oh, yes. Spit bucket creature. Yes. Ah, right. I had no idea where you were going with <laughs> yeah, that for a second. No. Spit bucket creature had me and many others on camp captivated, and you've cracked the code. Now, we've already spoken about spit bucket creature yep. on the podcast. We've done a little bit about it already. Um, and you found out what it was. Yeah. So, obviously, when we were looking at it, we were like, what the fuck is that? doesn't look like anything we've ever seen. It's like, like anything off the yeah, earth. A- terrestrial <laughs> caterpillar starfish thing um but i looked it up in the book and it said it is a moth caterpillar mm-hmm. and it is different because it doesn't have the normal pro legs which are extensions of the body to help it walk and they're instead they're like flat little discs and it, so it moves in a different way and it did describe it in the book am i right in thinking as like 
a mutant starfish or a deformed starfish or something like that. Didn't it say that? In the uh, book? Yeah. It yeah. did say something weird, but I can't exactly remember. Yeah. I remember it it thinking that because my thoughts when I saw it in the split book, it was that looks like a mutant starfish. Yeah. <laughs> and then basically the book said exactly the same thing. Yeah. But all mutant starfish grow up to be beautiful flying friends. <laughs> <laughs> so could you maybe tell us a little bit about why we're studying butterflies in Calakmul? What is the point of studying insects? Why bother? Why bother? <laughs> well, first of all, they're really cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. Insects in general, they get really overlooked, but I think they're amazing. Mm. The, one of the things I always say is, if you think about how many species of mammal there are, or how many species of bird, mm-hmm. there's about 10,000 of each maybe. Yep. And then you'll go to insects, and there's literally like 9,000 species of ant. <laughs> So <laughs> it is mad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if you put it on a scale like that, I yeah. think it's it's way cooler. Um, but for butterflies in Calakmul, we're looking at them because they're really sensitive to habitat change. Okay. So even if the forest changes slightly, if there's different plants or different canopy heights, um, different heights of trees, then the butterfly assemblage is going to change mm. yeah. as well. And you mentioned something I heard the other day about host plants and butterflies in terms of laying their eggs. Yeah, so different species of butterfly have different host plants. Mm-hmm. So a host plant is some a plant that the caterpillar can eat. So a butterfly will lay their egg on that specific plant. Mm-hmm. Um, some species are quite broad. They can eat several different plants, but some of them are really specific. So they will literally only eat one plant. Mm. So if that plant disappears from the environment then the butterfly will also disappear yeah and why are they so specific is that like a like an like an evolutionary arms race sort of thing going on between the plant and the insect where the plant is making like toxins and the insect is why are they so specific to certain plants um i guess it yeah probably is an evolutionary arms race i think if one if one species of butterfly can only feed on that plant, then it means it's not going to be competed for by other butterflies. Mm, okay. But, yeah. I mean, going back to the toxins thing as well, there are many plants that have toxins and there are species of butterfly that will use those toxins. Yeah. So, as I, I think I was saying, telling one of you about the clearwing butterflies, Yeah. maybe? Yeah. That was me. Um, so they, they have see-through wings. They look insane. And they will feed on specific toxic plants and they take that poison into their body so that they are poisonous to anything that would want to eat them like birds or anything and they actually do a really cool thing where the male gives a nuptial gift to the female so in his spermatophore that he will give the female that that kind of nuptial gift (laughs) 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 right (laughs) can you explain to everyone what a spermatophore is so a spermatophore is literally just a package full of sperm ready to give to the female what a gift yeah (laughs) would you be happy with that as a nuptial gift would I be happy yeah. with that? <laughs> just, Maybe if yeah. I wanted to like warn off some predators or... Okay, okay. <laughs> so what does it do? Um, so obviously the female will take the sperm to yep. make eggs, mm-hmm. um, but it also has the poison in it. So she'll take the poison into her body and she'll also work that into the eggs that she's going to lay. So oh, both she wow. and the eggs are poisonous that's to deter cool. predators. And that's in the clear wings? That's in the clear wings. And then because of that, there's also mimics of the clear wings, which aren't actually clear. They're just kind of like white and shiny. Semi-translucent wings. Yeah, yeah. so that yeah. they look like they could also be poisonous. That is 
mad yeah <laughs> and could you tell us as well because so uh, in our time here we've been on a butterfly walk with holly already mm-hmm. and i knew that insects had compound eyes but i didn't realize how many lenses were in a butterfly's eye and how they actually see the world yep so they have seven thousand seven hundred and i think 41 <laughs> seven thousand seven hundred and forty one lenses yep. on each eye so the way that we would see is that we would follow if an object was moving past we'd follow it with our one lens mm-hmm. but if something was to fly past a butterfly's eye they would see it in a kind of sequential order as it goes past each lens yeah um yeah so it's completely different they have like a 340 degree field of vision and um, with all these lenses pointing in like a slightly different angle different direction so um i want to ask what's your favorite butterfly here i don't think i have a favorite yet i've still Ooh. got like four weeks to go okay i like still, still waiting yeah. Yeah. still asking questions still gotta get to know them yeah yeah. Still got to see what they're going to give you in their spermatophores. <laughs> yeah, oh. they got to seduce me first. Yeah. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. But favorite butterfly in the world because you've already said this and I think it's a really nice answer. Um I can't remember what I said. Did I say you've the holly blue? On you. Oh yeah, the holly it's your blue. Name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the holly blue. The holly is... blue, it's me. And and here you get the massive going from one blue to another, you get the massive blue, don't you? Yeah, the so the morpho. Yeah. Blue morpho, which is just like it's bigger than a decent chunk of the hummingbirds that are here yeah and so how do you study the butterflies here what's the process so we set traps so it's basically like a plate is literally just a plastic plate with a net around it and then another plate at the bottom with a gap around the edge yeah they're not the brightest butterflies no (laughs) um yeah considering they've got these massive eyes and they can't see the net (laughs) they're fucking stupid (laughs) (laughs) so we put banana bait in the bottom of the trap and we do that in the morning and then we come back later that afternoon and see what butterflies have been attracted and have been caught in the trap. Mm. And just banana bait or are there any other types of bait you can use? There's definitely lots of other kinds of bait. So butterflies definitely don't just eat fruit. They eat lots of different things. Um, they especially like anything that's really salty or lots of nutrients. So fish bait's a really good one. Um, carnivore poo is a really popular oh. diet, diet choice for butterflies and urine um, and they will literally drink crocodile tears, turtle tears anything that has those nutrients in them I How do you collect crocodile tears? <laughs> Very carefully <laughs> Whose job is that? <laughs> I've no idea but I've definitely seen videos of butterflies on YouTube like landing on the crocodiles and just drinking the tears I remember when um, it was first described not that long ago only oh i don't know it's maybe four or five years ago and the the pictures and videos came out of a moth that was found to drink the tears of sleeping birds which was so cool and it would it was from the you know classic jungle shenanigans from the tropics somewhere and the bird was just sat roosting with its eye closed and then there was a picture a video of this moth just like on its head sticking its proboscis under its eyelid and just like drinking the tears that's hardcore. That's very hardcore. <laughs> That's so hardcore. Yeah. It's great. People, you know, like butterflies, and they are they are spectacularly beautiful, and they've done a real good job with their PR yeah. in <laughs> just putting out the spectacularly beautiful aspect. Yeah. Because they flies get a lot of hate for eating shit. Yeah. Turns out butterflies are at it as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. They're, they're really disgusting <laughs> things, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like you say, they've just got a great PR team. And here as well, you know, talking about using fruit paste, there's like 
underneath one of the fruit trees in camp there is a pit underneath it which i am now christening the moth pit um which is just full of and are they the black witch moths yeah they're really big black yeah. ones yeah yeah what a name that is yeah. for a moth <laughs> yeah that's hardcore and one of uh jack mentioned flies a minute ago because for anyone who's listened to the show before uh jack and i have mentioned that we have notes on our phones which are just the most chaotic lists of things we've heard things we've seen things we want to find out more about that we would normally go off and research Jack mentioned blowflies and you mentioned fish bait and I think I overheard you say something which might actually be on my phone which is around people putting dead fish in orchards or farms yeah avocado orchards right in Australia they farm a lot of avocados yep and they are pollinated by blowflies right to attract the blowflies they literally put really stinky dead fish all around the bottoms of the trees to attract the flies that's just the most Australian. Like, even, even their orchards, like <laughs> uh, like orchards are the most quaint. When I think of an orchard, I think of a beautiful, you know, all the blossom and spring, and it's all very quaint and things like that. And Australia takes orchards and shovels a load of dead fish carcasses in it. Yeah, <laughs> and this comes full circle back to our deformed starfish in the bucket, but the infamous spit buckets that we have lying around. I'm pretty sure I've seen butterflies. Again, like you said, the more I think about it, I started this sort of reclining in a chair thinking, oh, how lovely butterflies are. (laughs) (laughs) And chatting, I'm now like, are they actually disgusting? (laughs) Because they've been in the spit buckets drinking up that. Colgate. Peppermint. Yeah. (laughs) They've got very clean proboscis. You should see the proboscis on the butterflies around here. Nine out of ten dentists agree. (laughs) (laughs) Just getting minty fresh to pass on that spermatophore. Exactly. (laughs) That's, That's it. All right, Holly, this has been really good uh, learning about um, butterflies and, frankly, how disgusting they are. <laughs> but before we go, we have one question for you. Okay. What's the biggest animal you think you could take in a fight? <laughs> um, can I say you? Oh! <laughs> Hello! <laughs> the tables have firmly turned. <laughs> I mean, you can. You can. can th- 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 this is outside the rule book. This is, I don't, but, but it's within the rule book. It's within the rules. We are. Jungle rules. Jungle rules. Oh shit, we forgot about jungle rules. We forgot about jungle rules. We didn't even write jungle rules. We came to the jungle. <laughs> Holly wrote jungle rules before rule we got book. here. <laughs> I, hey, I think it's, it's a goer. I mean, Jack, you know, uh, adjudicates my fights. So I guess it's over to him as to whether or not this passes jungle rules. Any I, questions for I, Holly? I think. I think it, we're talking hand-to-hand combat situation. Yeah. Yeah. I think one, we should allow it, and two, I think she's right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going to go off and talk to my co-presenter. <laughs> Here we are. One week into the jungle. One down. How are you finding ty- the passage of time? It it's slipped away from me. Like, do you feel like it's been a week? Do you feel like it's been longer? Do you feel like it's been shorter? It could be years. <laughs> it could be minutes. <laughs> to me, it feels a very long time since we were sat in a hotel room in Cancun. Yeah, well, that's a lifetime ago. Yeah. Yeah. And that was one week yesterday. Mm, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the halfway point of our expedition into the jungle. Um, what have we been seeing since last time we last time we had an update? So, 
last update was given to you from KM20, mm. which is essentially the base camp. Yeah. We're now giving this update. We transferred halfway through. You may know this depending on where this gets woven in, yeah. but we transferred to a smaller camp called Homaguera. We saw a tapir. On we the saw way. a tapir on the way here. Yeah. That was sick. That was really cool. One yeah. of the big five down. Yeah. Yeah. Since then, the big five have proved elusive. <laughs> <laughs> the big, the remaining big four. Yeah, the big four have proved. But we have seen some really cool things while we've been here. Oh, we actually, one of the big four mm. has been far less elusive than we thought. Which so, one? one of mine was a very jazzy bird. Ooh. And we've discovered said jazzy bird yeah. nesting in camp. Yeah. I've settled, I've gone all in. I've looked at, you know, I've looked at the runners in the race. <laughs> I've sort of weighed them up. I've checked out the jockeys. I've done all that and I've settled on the jazzy bird being a royal flycatcher. Yeah, and they are really cool birds. Although, when you see them out and about in the trees, not immediately come to mind as jazzy bird. No, little plain Percy's. Yeah, they're quite brown, but you can see just the hint of when they're flying around the trees that they got something they got something going on on top of their head. Yeah, up their sleeve. They've got like a flattened down crest, which is only ever really flattened when you see them around. But mm. When you see them in a mist net and they're trying to give it large and intimidate what they think is a predator, which is actually just an ornithologist, <laughs> then their crest raises to this amazing... I mean, it's like it's like one of those big Japanese fans, yeah. isn't it? Like, it's just huge. So if you imagine a cockatoo's crest comes up straight down the middle, yeah. a royal flycatcher's crest comes up like a peacock's tail yes to fan the entire head yeah uh sideways on it's like a like a headdress isn't it yeah that sort of vibe yeah and it's bright orange and it just sits on top with blue a, dots yeah with dots across it yeah yep. and it just sits on top of this relatively plain normal bird's head so it's sort of like you know very much party on the top yeah <laughs> business on the bottom <laughs> But we discovered yesterday. And well, then sort of retiree further down. <laughs> yeah. Um But we discovered and when I say we discovered, listener, this is no time to be humble. Your friend and mine, Jack Badham's discovered. <laughs> Fucking Christ. <laughs> We'd been seeing this royal flycatcher hanging around the toilet block, which is not the most um, it's not what you want to be hanging around. No, it's not the right place for a bird like a royal flycatcher to hang out, is it? No, very much a peasant flycatcher yeah. spot. <laughs> yeah. But it was hanging around, and yesterday uh, noticed that it was hanging around in a way that was giving off nest vibes. Yeah. And it flew into this hanging structure, which, in all honesty... Is the worst nest I've ever seen of any bird, reptile, or nest-making individual ever in the history of this or any other week in my life. <laughs> <laughs> That's basically, yeah, the sum of it. It's the tattiest mess of twigs, so much so that when she goes to sit in it, she doesn't fit in it. Yeah, you can see a tail hanging out of it. So she's sat there staring at a, a massive... Ugh, yeah, you yeah. Know, it's have just, some respect. Yeah. It's yourself. really not becoming of a royal flycatcher. No, it's not very palatial, is it? No, but it's just hanging over the path. And this is actually a strategy that a lot of birds use here. You see a lot of hanging nests, and these are nests that are woven to the very, very outer points of branches and twigs, and then they hang down over paths um, in really open areas. And that's because there's a lot of snakes here, and these birds 
have evolved to create these nests that hang in really open areas on the edge of really long branches so that the predators, specifically snakes, but also things like monkeys and things that would come and take birds' eggs, um, can't get to them. Um, but yeah, it's really not becoming of a bird like a royal flycatcher. No, no. I had to check the book to make sure that it was doing the right thing. Um, but you mentioned their snake. The yep. hunt for the fur de lance is still on. Yeah. The hunt for the big bat is still on. Yeah. And the hunt for the jazzy insect, we've had a couple wasps that are interesting. Yeah, that's some good wasps. That's some good caterpillars. Some very good caterpillars. Very big, very juicy caterpillars. Swallowtail butterfly. Yeah, we've been seeing at the back of the showers um, yesterday morning an amazing group of swallowtail butterflies. Yeah. Just all coming down, sticking their tongues in the leaf litter. I can only imagine getting salt or moisture or something like that. Yep. But they were really not bothered and you could basically kneel down right amongst them and just be with them yeah it was great so yeah big five going let's say two one and a half out of five yeah okay if we can get the royal flycatcher in hand big tick the royal flycatcher is certainly a jazzy bird in the right situation yeah but outside of the big five we've seen some great frogs great frogs sheep frog sheep frog yeah which is about for those in the uk i would say about the size of a two pound coin for anyone not in the uk google a sheep frog um, <laughs> <laughs> we uh, we had a lot of rain uh, over the last couple of days haven't yeah. we and that's brought out the frogs on mass on mass we see a lot of the gulf coast toads yeah here they're all over i yep. went in the shower with me the other day did you yeah all right. Yeah, just hopping around in the shower. I had to politely ask him to leave before I undressed. Yeah, peeping. Yeah, peeping, Peep. peeping toad. Yeah, um, but then the sheep frog was yeah really, the sheep frog was really like yeah just like a, like you say a little round thing. But then we heard them last night. Yeah. Bah. 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 Just like that. Yeah, and all the sheep frogs from the forest pour forth to Roddy to mate with Roddy Shaw. <laughs> I was asked last night by one of the other staff, conversation hit a lull, he threw open, does anyone here do any impressions? Now we know. <laughs> Sheepfrog. <laughs> Nailed it. And we saw those uh, at the Mayan ruins. Yep. And there's some Mayan ruins just up the road uh, here at Holmogrera. And um, while we were there, at night, there was lots of cool stuff. Yeah. Scorpions. Like scorpions just like... Yucatan... Banded gecko. Yeah, the, but like the scorpions were just crawling over the ruins in very Indiana Jones fashion. Yeah, like it was really cool. And then yeah, we had the Yucatan banded gecko, which imagine like a leopard gecko, very terrestrial, walks on the floor. Yeah, yeah, we liked him. Big fan. And then in the same little Mayan tunnel that he was living in, yep. was a tailless whip scorpion. Yep. Also very Indiana Jones. Yep. And that gets filed under her horrors of the night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, but completely harmless. Yeah. The tailless whip scorpion, but looks terrifying. Yeah. Um, they're basically like, imagine, they're a member of the arachnids, aren't they? Because they're in yeah. the scorpion family, yeah. I yeah. think. Um, so they've got big, long legs, and then they have the whips are these long, just lines almost. They're, they remind me of like fly of fishing legs. lines. A pair of legs? I think they are. But they remind, remind me of like casting, casting a fly fishing line. Yeah. When they like put them out horizontal, and that's what they used to sense. Yeah, um, they basically have, like, they basically open to give a big hug. Yeah, to something. But in they... the middle of the hug is like a bear trap mouth. Yeah, of just pincer and spike and death. Yeah, and we were in a little Mayan tunnel with it, but that was nice. Yeah, and then, on the tree just outside the Mayan ruins, we saw a whacking great big tarantula. 
Yeah. That was cool. That was like jungle animal bingo tick, tick, yeah. tick. We ticked a lot off last night. Yeah. We've got a lot of numbers on the board. Yeah, that was good. With that, shall we get back to the jungle? Let's do it. So, having spoken to Holly about butterflies and seen some pretty nice ones behind the shower blocks ourselves, it was time to go out into the jungle to check the traps on one of the surveys designed to see how the butterflies of Calakmul are doing. So we grabbed ourselves another entomologist and off we went. We're about to go on a butterfly survey and leading us is Liz. Hello Hi. Liz. Hello. Hi. Could you just say a little bit about um, who you are? Um, yeah. What, you know, what you're studying or yeah. Of course. Okay, uh, my name is Liz. Well, Liz, Liz is my nickname. Yeah. <laughs> my name is Landy, Landy Leon. And I'm a biologist, entomologist. Uh, I'm leading the butterfly surveys. And uh, yeah. Fantastic. Right, let's go see some butterflies. Yeah. <laughs> this is the beginning of the forest transect, mm -hmm. the butterfly transect. And well, the butterfly surveys are part of our outgoing project to monitor the health of the Kalakmul forest ecosystem in relation to anthropogenic disturbances mm -hmm. like agriculture, hunting, general human population growth and uh, climate change. Mm -hmm. uh, the butterfly communities are key indicators uh, to do so. So if the habitat presents that kind of changes, the butterfly communities are expected to change as well. So that's the importance of that. Mm -hmm. And to do so, we are going to monitor 10 different traps distributed in three different zones. And the first zone is our core zone, very near to the camp. Mm -hmm. And then there is the forest edge, mm -hmm. so the two. And then there's the other six traps in uh, forest one, forest two, and forest three. Mm -hmm. Okay, so let's begin. I love your hat. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's covered in flowers and a bee. Thank and your you. earring, yeah. you're very butterfly -y. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, just uh, careful <laughs> for this part. <laughs> we should just say. Yeah, Liz, yeah. did you make this transex for you? Um, <laughs> this kind is a lot of. smaller than us. Okay. And it's just crawled through a little thicket that we now have to squeeze off. Yeah, Six careful. foot yeah. four frames. A through. little low, a little high. <laughs> they make you work for the butterflies. Careful. Yeah. Oh, that one's spiky. Yeah, yeah it's a little spiky. Aha. Yeah. A trap. All right. So, for each forest zone, we set two traps. Mm -hmm. Baited traps. <laughs> and there's one on the understory level, mm -hmm. and the other one is on the canopy level. So, we can monitor uh, the flying behavior of the butterflies. So does some, does some live up there and some live down? Yeah. They're spread across the different levels? Yeah. I use rodent banana uh, to 
catching butterflies that feed on uh, juices of rotting fruits mm -hmm. and other decaying materials. Mm -hmm. But also you can use fish baits and even urine. Oh. Male oh. urine. Male urine. Just male male urine. urine. Yeah, that works is that, better. Is that why we've been brought? Oh. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, uh, in the project, we monitor, we focus on the butterflies of, from the Caraxine subfamily and the family from uh, Nymphalidae. Mm -hmm. So, uh, that those butterflies are brush foods and leaf wings. How With do we say? We have butterflies in Spanish. Tenemos mariposas. Oh, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I just spread off the bait. We don't need it anymore. It's a very professional looking trout. Yeah. <laughs> An upside down plate hanging from some string with a net and another plate with some rotten fruit on it. It's but a it's very worked. <laughs> DIY trout. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And the fun begins. <laughs> okay, we all know that butterflies are very delicate animals. Who mm -hmm. like male urine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and to do a correct management to a butterfly, I will use my hand. Mm -hmm. I just uh, grab the butterfly, but I just made it like a little cage in my hand. I guide it, but I don't squish it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Very important. <laughs> yeah, it's very important. And I use a Ziploc bag. And with the Ziploc bag, I can see the dorsal Whoa. wings. Wow. And the ventral part of the wings as well. Wow. So, do you remember how many legs insects have? Six. Six. And how many legs you can see in this butterfly? Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah, four. four. It's a mammal. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> but it is a characteristic of butterflies of the family Nymphalidae that okay. walks in only four legs. And that's because the first pair of legs are modified to feeding behavior. Mm. So. The first pair of legs of this kind of butterflies are attached into the body, like this. Yeah. And it has like a brush form. So that's why the name brush foots. Oh. Ah. So this butterfly is uh, part of the family Nymphalidae. Mm -hmm. And it's a grey cracker. It's very nice. Yeah. yeah. You it can tell by the color. Yeah. But also, because these kind of butterflies, well, these generous of butterflies, has uh, a vein in the wing that during the fly they made a sound oh. that they crack. Oh wow. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah, that that's why the, the name of grey cracker. So. So you can hear them as they fly. Yeah. Oh. But it's, uh, can you that's please really yes, hold it? Let's put a mic on it. Yeah. <laughs> it is very like intricately patterned. Almost moth style, I yeah. Must say. yeah. Peppered moth for yeah. anyone who's done GCSE biology. <laughs> <laughs> A classic of the syllabus. Yeah. 
So the Ziploc bag kind of pins its wings open. Yeah, you can spread you can, their wings. Yeah, almost like it's been laminated, but obviously in a bag. <laughs> yeah, and still very much alive. And still alive and yeah, yeah, yeah. can be set free. That's important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so around the Kalakmul area, mm -hmm. we have a lot of crackers, but mostly two species. Yeah. One is Amadrias febra. Uh, the grey cracker and one is the Amadrias julita, the Yucatan cracker. The main difference between these two species is one, the size. Mm -hmm. uh, Amadrias julita is bigger than Amadrias febra. Mm -hmm. And Amadrias febra has these uh, like the, uh, dots, like the spots. eye spots, yeah, yeah, in the hind wing yeah. with a brownish stripe. Yeah. So you can you see, see that brownish stripe, there, yeah. yeah, and if you see the ventral part ah. you can see the black stripes or black dots and the edge of the on the wings yeah. so this little paw it's amadrias febra gray cracker and, yeah is the pattern for camouflage yeah 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 so sit on a sit on a tree and i imagine it looks of, like light colored yeah, bark doesn't of it of course yeah. but then at the same time make a load of noise while you fly yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah pick a lane yeah <laughs> And now you can release it. Yeah. Yeah. Is it going to crack as it flies away? Uh, I don't think that, so. Or is it, that a special? It, it's a special. Uh, it's on a special moment when the males are fighting for reproductional ah. senses. Ah. So yeah. it's probably not in the mood now. We've yeah. trapped it in a bag. Yeah. Cause. <laughs> Come on, little butterfly. Uh, some oh. of them just chilling in your fingers just, just for a while. Just yeah. Sat on my thumb. Pumping its wings up and down. Here we go, we're going for butterfly number two. It's a big one. A big yeah. one. Certainly bigger than the one that's still currently residing on my hand. This has yeah. got it in one. That's <laughs> professional. Yeah. Oh, this one. So when its wings are closed, they're looking like a leaf, but I've just seen them fluttering and I've seen flashes of color yeah. oh, I've on the inside. I've not seen yeah. that. Yeah. So. yeah, this one is also a brush foot but a leaf wing because in the ventral part of the wings they mimic like a dead leaf oh yeah and the little tail in some species in the hind wing resemble the stalk the, yeah of, oh, the, wow. of the leaf yeah so that the wing isn't like a completely rounded shape it's got yeah. this little bit that sticks out which yeah now you yeah. lay the leaf next to it you can see how that yeah and let's see it's tall oh wow oh, okay. yes. yeah yeah Gorgeous. so it is just very leaf colored when it's got its wings closed yeah. but when you see the it's, oh. it's making a break for it butterfly <laughs> alcatraz <laughs> so it's like a well, it's like a really rich orange isn't it yeah that's beautiful. And you'd have no idea that when that's got its wings closed, yeah. that it looks that cool. Yeah, that's very nice. And it, it was trying to keep that from us because Liz was trying to get it in the bag to open its wings, to pin it down. Yeah. And it was trying its best to keep its wings shut. But now that they're open, it is, yeah, yeah. just the most fabulous rust color. Yeah. yeah. So you can tell this species is an idea, the tropical leaf wing. Ah. Okay. He's having a drink. Yeah. yeah, this one is just licking away at my sweat. Oh yeah. 
the butterfly here must love it when white people come to the jungle. <laughs> <laughs> like, great. Giant walking buffet. <laughs> More salt for me. Yeah. Oh, wow. So this one is really high. Mm. Yeah, for the canopy ones, we need to reach at least four to five meters. Okay. That's yeah. like... That's taller and, than that. Yeah, and to yeah. reach that high, we use a slingshot. Oh. Yeah, there is a big metal stick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> With an elastic. Yeah. And management by two persons. And with a big rod attached to a rope, we just reach the higher branch. Yeah. Okay. Why is it coming down? Oh, it's coming down. Oh, Holly knows. I see, I see. So, and one person just help me. We're joined on this walk by Holly. She's doing an excellent job of bringing okay, down the trap. This is so sad because it's pretty empty. Although maybe not oh. a good enough job because there's nothing in the trap. <laughs> yeah. And Except for one big beetle with its face stuffed into yeah, the bay. Yeah, that's a fun oh. <laughs> It's a decent beetle. Yeah. Yeah. So how long have these traps been up? When did you set these traps? At 10 o'clock. So they're just up for like the middle of the day yeah, period. Yeah, yeah. So there's no data in this trap. Mm-hmm. What's the most butterflies you've ever caught in a trap? Ooh, that's in... an easy question. Oh. In another camp, in just one trap, and the trap that was very near to the camp, I record 163 butterflies. How do they fit in there? <laughs> <laughs> 163. I mean, these are traps that are yeah. the size of what? Maybe your forearm lengths? Like yeah. In terms of, in the terms whole of length? trap yeah. was covered in black. Wow. <laughs> we record the weather variables in a day of monitor, like clouds, wind, and rain. Mm -hmm. And that can give us uh, the nature of our butterfly catches of the same day. Yeah. So this morning was a cloudy day. So that could possibly the answer of in some traps we we wouldn't find mm -hmm. some butterflies. What's the perfect weather for butterflies? What are they really like? Sunny day. Sunny days. Sunny days. Yeah. They're in the right place. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. This is a Forest 2 understory trap mm -hmm. and is also empty. Okay, let's go to the canopy one. If we have more lucky. Where is the... I don't actually know where this trap is. The oh, it's there. One. Yeah. Was it there? This is even okay. higher. There's a butterfly in it. Wait, how do I say there's a butterfly? Ahí hay una mariposa. Ahí hay una mariposa. Perfect. Oh, smashed it, come on. So Roddy is now guiding down the good ship butterfly trap from the top of the canopy. There's one in there. I said it in Spanish, mate. <laughs> that makes it definitely true. I think it's a repeat customer. Yeah? Yeah, it could be, Ooh. or maybe not. 
<laughs> That's a nice way of saying <laughs> no. <laughs> You're wrong. <laughs> oh, different. Different. Yeah. Oh, look at okay, that. Oh, uh, in one. That was so smooth. Okay, it's a leaf wing. Yeah. We could see the ventral part. The pattern is different, isn't it, on this one? Yeah, it's yeah. Much darker as well. Dark, and you can see some white patches yeah. mm -hmm. that mimics the fungus of <gasps> a dead leaf. Oh, that's so smart. Butterflies are good. Yeah, yeah, that is cool. But if we see the ventral part, oh, wow. we could see a very so is that really jet black color yeah. with some pale points, dots in the four wings yeah so it's a similar overall size and shape to the last one and it's got the little yeah. leaf stem yeah. mimicry bit on its wing course, but yeah. whereas the other one was that bright rust color this is jet black yeah yeah we can see the bluish pattern in the middle of mm -hmm. the dorsal wings yeah and the little dots the yeah. big pale spots yeah and the four wings mm -hmm. and the little tail and yeah this individual is an Aeapithiusa another common one around Kalakmul forest mm. it's very pretty yeah. Liz can we let it go yeah yeah okay see whether he's gonna oh <gasps> what a guy yeah I am one with nature Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nature just left. <laughs> <laughs> that butterfly has perfect comedic timing. <laughs> That's a characteristic of that butterfly. <laughs> of the pale spot I leave with. Yeah, rapid erratic flight, perfect comedic timing. <laughs> so, so far it's two, two for the understory ones. And one for the one canopy. for the canopies. Of four checked, two of each. Okay, let's keep going. After you. Okay, this is forest three. Aquí está mariposa. Yes? Oh, see. Sí. No. Oh, oh, yes. There we go. Teacher's pet. <laughs> Not one, but two. Jack lowers the good ship, mariposa. With its two precious cargo. Oh. Okay, there's two leaf wings mm -hmm. in one truck. Another an idea. Yeah. This guy, another pale spot leaf wing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that right? Good enough, but... Okay, no. <laughs> I'm definitely a B yeah. in this class. Yeah. You're, you're, you've got the A at the moment. Yeah. Do you this shoot for the king? It's A, an A, a That's what I said my tongue. Okay, so we're done in the forest. Mm. And now, let's go back to the camp. Mm -hmm. Cool. Okay. Oh. Out of the forest. Yeah, back onto the track. Oh. oh Very high. A... I think this is a new... That's a beautiful one. Oh, yeah. That I'll be so happy to show you. Oh, yeah. This one's got big round wings. Oh, Can you see? oh yes. It's okay. 
Okay. Yeah, I mean, that is what you think of when you think tropical butterfly. Yeah. Isn't it? It's just got all these horizontal stripes across it, black and blue, and then the tips of its wings have got these yeah, amazing white dots. Yeah. It's very striking. Yeah. And this is kind of uh, an old individual. Mm -hmm. The colors are usually brighter. So this one is Micellia ethiusa. Mm -hmm. I can and see the tip of his ring is a bit damaged. Worn. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How long do they live? It depends on the feeding habits. For example, the, the butterflies who feed on uh, flowers, nectars, and juices of rotten fruits only lives for one to two weeks. Wow. wow. Yeah. And the butterflies who feed on decaying material like feces, urine, mm -hmm. fish, mm. <laughs> all the tasty Croco stuff, crocodile tears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they can live up to three weeks there's something in that though about diet and uh, you know what makes you live longer <sighs> eating feces and urine over yeah. fruit yeah okay <laughs> this is a very nice survey yeah it is yeah what for just vibe S just <laughs> It's just, yeah. It's calm. There's no charging around, diving on things. Yeah. And, you, know, <laughs> you feel the regret. Yeah, it's, <laughs> just, it's just nice. Okay, so let's go to the last ones. These are the ones at camp? Yeah, yep. in yep. camp. Back to camp. Oh, is oh. that one in there? Yeah. Oh, looks like it looks like there's something in there. We should say we are back in camp now. Yeah, we are back so in camp now. So. Welcome to the camp. Noises. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but this one is the other species I talk about. About the grey crackers. Mm -hmm. we, oh, have two, we have two species around here. One is Amadrias febra. The Yucatan cracker. Yeah. Here we go. This one is Amadrias Julita. Now who's the teacher? As you pet? can tell, it's bigger than the Amadrias Febra. Yeah, it's much bigger. And, ha and has pale colors, almost white. Yeah. Can you see? Oh, it's a bit torn up. Yeah. Yeah. Does that mean it's 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 old? Yeah. 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 Tell me by the damage of the of the wings. Yeah. Is that damage from a bird? Uh, no, the bird just would eat it. Eat the, <laughs> yeah. the whole butterfly, uh, unless the wings. Yeah. So yeah. That's this, just this, flying this through is, the trees. Yeah, this is just damage for flying around. Yeah. And maybe for the old. And with this individual, we finish our survey. Oh, Hooray. there we go. The last butterfly flies away. Yeah. Off into the jungle sky. We have one final question for you, don't okay. we, Jack? Yeah, a question that we're asking every okay. member of staff. Okay. Liz, what do you think is the biggest animal you could beat in a fight? 
I can beat yeah. in a fight. In a fight. <laughs> okay, no. tell in my size. Yeah, <laughs> we should describe Liz is maybe not the biggest of people. So what do you think is the biggest animal? No weapons, just your hands. Okay. What do you think you could beat in a fight? What animal? I can give a good fight to a tapir. A, a, a tapir. That's bit. <laughs> That's confident. That is confident. I like that. I like that. Adult tapir. Uh, maybe a subadult. <laughs> <laughs> a subadult tapir. Yeah. Fantastic. Perfect. All right. Yeah. Thank you very much. No, Thank you so much. You. Round of yeah. applause for butterflies. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, Jack Badams. Pretty sure. We've had a question sent into the podcast. Yep. From none other than Roddy Shaw. <laughs> right, hello Roddy Shaw, thanks for listening. And it is. What are some famous video game characters as expedition scientists? Oh, okay. I see. <laughs> <laughs> I think you might know where this question's Was come from. Was this inspired by listening to the students talking by any chance? Yep. Yeah. So, explain a little bit about what what um, prompted this question. Some students were going on about Tomb Raider and Lara Croft as if she were a butterfly scientist. But that's because Liz, who is the butterfly scientist, her outfit to go out into the jungle is very outdoorsy. Like, it's just proper jungle, isn't it? She's in camouflage pants. She's got boot boots. Yeah. She's expedition She's ready. got, like, the bandana thing on. Yeah. 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 She looks the total part. Yeah. So in many ways, she's not Lara Croft, but possibly Lava Croft. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So it's so we're 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 punning. Are yeah. We? Okay. So expedition scientists as video game characters. Do you have any more? <laughs> I think yes. These only get worse. <laughs> What, from Lava Crofter? Lava Croft is quite good, actually. I, I think I, I was think aiming to kind of reach the dizzying heights of Lava Croft, yeah. thinking it'd be easy, sat yeah. here in a chair for five to seven minutes. <laughs> I haven't done myself well. Mario? Margeo? <laughs> <laughs> and you say they get worse from here. Oh, dude. And we should say a Marge is a small... Um, so you've got a Jaguar, big spotty cat, you've got an Ocelot, smaller spotty cat you've got a margay even smaller spotty cat yeah yeah i have no idea what their stance on plumbing is <laughs> continuing the downward spiral nathan drake from uncharted yep any guesses well i, I would have i just think drake duck but obviously so i did think that but i didn't think that was jungly enough okay toucan drake that's that's really shit <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next. Batman. Does it need changing? Batfalcon Man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the heat's getting to him, listener. Oh. Crash Bandicoot. I mean, it's, that's already a... That one I've left be. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm possibly least proud of this one. Okay. That's saying something. <laughs> 
Kratos, God of War. Yeah. Kratos, God of Poor. <laughs> Brackets, print. Oh, <laughs> uh, is it time to go home yet? Okay. And the other two I've got on my list... Oh, wait, there's more. ...which I haven't been able to pun are Master Chief from Halo... Okay. ...and Joel and Ellie from The Last of Us. <sighs> okay. So, depending on how long this takes, Jack, we might put in a little five minutes later yeah, moment okay. here. Master Chief. But let's see where we go with this. Um, Bear in mind, the moment of seeing Liz and Lara Croft happened ten minutes ago, yeah. and we've just been sat in a chair. <laughs> Um, Master Chief. I got I Leaf, Master Leaf. Yeah, Master Leaf, the habitat scientist. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There we go. I feel like I'm already into the top three of the ones that you come up with <laughs> with Master Leaf, without doubt, <laughs> without doubt. Um, Joel and Ellie are they called? They're called Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us. Um, I've just thought of another one. Hmm. So, Spider Monkey Man. Oh, lovely. And then, in it's not in the... I don't think it's in the Spider-Man video games, but in the uh, Spider-Verse films, mm-hmm. there is a villain called the Prowler. Okay. So I'm thinking Spider Monkey Man and the Howler. Oh, very nice. Yeah, I'd, I'd say you've taken spots two, <laughs> three, four already. I'm amazed you've knocked Toucan Drake. <laughs> <laughs> Off the podium finish, frankly. <laughs> um, Joel and Ellie in The Last of Us are hard, but it's a huge, you know, just a TV series. But They're just names. I'm sure people are going to send stuff in when this reaches the real world. Yeah, if they've not turned off by now. Yeah. <laughs> and if you are still listening, after Roddy's abysmal attempts at some of those names, all that's left for me to say thank you very much for tuning into this episode of how many geese a big thanks to the people who appeared in this episode to holly for talking to us about butterflies for liz for taking us out to see them and for jamie for his report from the front lines of the ant war join us back here in the jungle next tuesday as we go looking for what amphibians and reptiles are hiding in the forest we'll see you then